0: Let's just lift our hands to the Lord and continue to enter into His presence and wait on Him for a fresh touch. Last week, I had a a prophetic picture, and the picture was all these sailboats that were in the harbor, and each sailboat represented one of our lives and that the Holy Spirit was saying that he was gonna send a new wind of his spirit. And there was something that we were to do and that was to set our sail so that the wind could carry us. And it didn't matter whether we were close to God or far away from God. What matters right now is how we respond to God. And those that set their sail of faith, expectation, and intimacy with the Lord will find the wind of the Spirit blowing. And I saw in that um, that harbor that as the wind blew, some put up their sails and they began to move. Some decided not to put up their sails, and though the wind blew around them, it had nothing to catch. To move them forward but those that set their sail began to move and they began to move out of that uh, harbour that port where everything was familiar and everything was shallow and I begin to see them moving out together those that had put up their sails out into the deep waters on a new journey with God, to new places in God, new things, new experiences, new touches, new words. So, I can see you're already doing it, but set your sail right now. We're just waiting on the Lord. One of the things that our senior minister said about this move of God is that, it would be about God, and that blessing will flow into our lives, and we'll get the uh, overflow of the blessing, but it's really not about primarily us being blessed. It's actually primarily about God being blessed. You know, we want to be blessed. I pray you'll be blessed tonight, but the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul. We can bless God. We can bless God. We can bless Him. Isn't that amazing? That you can actually have an effect on God. That you can bless Him. Just think of how God's blessed you. Maybe you need a special breakthrough blessing tonight. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. But remember how God has blessed you. Even in difficult times, we can count our blessings. We can remember what God has done and the Blessings of the past point to the fact that the trials of the present will become the blessings of the future. You can think of everything He's done for you, His faithfulness, His mercy, His companionship. But you can bless the Lord. And there's many ways of doing that, but we're just going to enter into some worship right now with some of the new songs that are being given to us that come from the heart. And as we do it, you can bless God. You don't bless God by just singing songs, not that you have been tonight, you've been worshipping, but we don't bless God just by singing songs, the X Factor sings songs. We bless God by connecting to Him heart to heart through the songs. So as we sing the words, we don't just sing the words, we mean the words and we connect to God. Let our hearts through this worship connect to God. You've got time to be for His presence tonight. So let's enter in together, all of us together, entering into His presence together. Let's not be distracted. Let's connect with God. Let's, i tell you what, the next few minutes of worship let it be God's time. How about that? We're, we're, we're going to minister to the Lord. How about that? How about that? How about we'll come back and get the blessing later. Don't worry. We'll pray for our needs later. Don't worry. God's gonna, God's got plans for us tonight. But for the next section, let it be all about God. So whether you feel like worshipping or you don't feel like worshipping, whether you're on a high or on a low, Let's put it all aside and let's simply minister to God. It's God's time. Amen.
1: You, the one and only, let your name resound throughout the earth. Oh. You poured out. You pour out your spirit, hearts are set. Should I be glorified? to the Lord. Lifted home. come upon us tonight, <laughs> baptize us with your fire, immerse us in your holy love, come and your glory shine out.
0: the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but the one is coming who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Who wants a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit? A fresh immersion into the fire of God, the blessing of God. Lord, send your fire amongst us tonight and baptize us afresh with your Holy Spirit and fill us with your presence. and break every bondage in this place. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over every bondage of Satan, every work of the enemy in our lives and our minds and our souls every demonic oppression, every demonic sickness, every lie of the enemy lodged in our psychology, every work of the enemy. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power to cast out the power of the devil, his schemes, and his works. The reason that the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the evil one and so father release across your people tonight a wave of delivering power root up every demonic root in our minds rooted up right now by your spirit we break your power satan in our lives your lies your works in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may every work of the enemy and every demon at work in this place be gone in the name of Jesus. Take your hands off God's people. Take your hands off God's chosen ones. Come out of their minds, come out of their souls, and come out of their bodies in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Release a wave of delivering fire in this place today. A delivering power of God to free us and liberate us to new levels of experience in the presence of God. Every blockage of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Every foul spirit of depression and oppression of the mind Depression and oppression of the mind, the enemy sends it, and it's like an umbrella that prevents the rain of God soaking you. Oppression of the mind to keep you out of the new move of God, to keep you isolated. It's the enemy's strategy. The enemy's strategy in some of your lives is to dominate your mind with oppressive thoughts. the name of Jesus Christ let my people go says the Lord let my people go says the Lord and the Lord brings you out of captivity the captivity of the mind in the name of Jesus shake off the devil shake him off Shake him off like they used to shake the sand off their shoes. Shake him off in the name of the Lord. Shake him off. Freedom and liberty, deliverance and grace. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And we take our authority in Christ and uh, oppose the works of the enemy. We resist passivity. Devil loves passive people. He just walks all over their minds. We refuse to be passive tonight. We've shaken him off. We're rising up to meet our destiny. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you if you're suffering from oppression of the mind, oppression the mind. There's just something that's coming against your mind. You just can't, you know, we'll, we've shaken him off, but I just feel there's a deeper work to be done. I want to seal this thing. You, ju- you just can't get them out of the negativity. I'm not saying that you're a negative person. Sometimes people can be very positive on the outside, but they struggle very much on the inside with negativity. But you know, what? our God is not a God of negativity. He took the negative on the cross and made it a positive. And so if, you, if you're suffering at the moment, you think there's just a negative thing that's on me, I want you to leave your seats and come to the front. Just that negativity, I'm gonna pray for you. If you're in the balcony, it is worth coming down, believe me, it is worth coming down. This negativity can come in many shapes and many forms. You don't have to be embarrassed about coming out for it. Well, we're going to deal with this negativity in the name of Jesus. It's going to break. I know that often, you know, there's a human, we're, we're human beings. Sometimes we do fight negativity, but I'm not talking about the human frailty. I'm talking about that attachment that the enemy puts upon you. i you going to need the ministry team here at the front. And uh, Christian, and Gabriel especially, to be leading in in, in this in a few moments. Hallelujah. That's right. Sometimes just getting out of your seat and coming to the front is enough to break negativity. Hallelujah. I can feel the bondage breaking anointing falling on you at the front already, right where you are. is sending positive waves of the Holy Spirit. I want you, in your hearts, just to lift your hearts and minds to him. Just say, Lord, free me. Liberate me. Lord, just come and just take those heavy burdens off right now. Father, release you right now, your Holy Spirit, for the laying on of hands. And just where you are, you don't even need laying on of hands. Right here at the front, in the name of Jesus, we release, according to the prophetic leading, we release the Holy Spirit upon the Father's children and take authority over these negative clouds and we banish them in the name of Jesus. Jesus came to gave, give you life in abundance. Jesus came to bring you joy, a joy that the world can't give. It's a supernatural joy. It's a a joy that when the tough time comes, the joy doesn't get crushed, but the joy bubbles up. Oh, Father, send upon your people a new joy and a new liberty, a new freedom. Release your anointing upon them. On all of our lives, Lord, we open ourselves and say, Lord, we want to be faith-filled. We don't want to be negative and unbelieving. It's so counterproductive. We want to be positive and faith-filled and spirit-filled. And so, Father, send your delivering power to break these things that have been operating in our lives tonight. And we draw a line in the sand and we say enough is enough. We refuse the works of the enemy. We submit to God tonight, and we refuse the work of the enemy. And you said, Lord, that if we submit to you and resist the devil, he will flee. So as we resist him right now, we believe that this negativity that comes from the enemy that's attached itself to us in the name of Jesus, let that Enemies work, go in the name of Jesus. Let's sing that song while we minister. Yahweh is a powerful song because Yahweh is the name of the Lord. It means I am, that's who I am. It means I will be who I will be and what I need to be in whatever situation you find yourself in. And as we call on the name of Yahweh, liberty is going to flow in our lives.
1: Our God, He lives forever. He reigns in power and love. Let us bow down before Him. He is exalted We look to Yahweh Yahweh Forever Yahweh Yahweh We look to Yahweh We look to Yahweh Yahweh, Yahweh Forever
0: from deafness in any of your ears, deafness in any of your ears, and you want a, a touch of healing for your hearing, leave your seat right now and come on the platform, I'm going to pray for you. In, the ear in any way, come right down to this side. We're going to pray for you. Ear problems, come on down here. If you want to be prayed for, come up on the back
1: our way for we Yes, he-
0: If you have problems with your knees, problems with your knees, leave your seat and come on the platform. We're going to pray for you. For check out, see if there's a difference in your knee, because in a few moments we're going to ask you to give testimony. So if you've been prayed for, check out. Sometimes you can test, and uh, and if there's a change, don't leave, because we're going to ask you to give a testimony in a minute. Let's continue to worship just for a few minutes while we pray for everyone. Be healed. Please take your seats. Those of you that haven't been prayed for, just stay where you are, Christian and Gabriel are gonna pray for you. Now, has anybody seen any difference when they were prayed for? Anybody? Anybody who's been prayed for? Did you see it? Did you could you notice? Anybody out there? Yeah? What was what was the problem that that you had?
2: Once um, i touched my God, and I'm healed. i feeling much better now. I can, you know, it's very good. And I know my God is positive. God, He's an able God, and He's the healer. I bless God. fast thank you very much indeed. Wonderful news. Hello,
0: your name is Angela. What was your pain? Pain in my knee, upstairs for two years. years. It's gone. It's gone. oh wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Hello, your name is? It's Olivia. Hi, thank you. Um, I got him down and it cracked, my knees and it stopped. Stopped? No, as we I've just been like tracing it out. How long have you been suffering from that? Um, off and on, for a couple of years. We're believing that that's it for you, Olivia. Bless you. <clears throat> Anybody else? <clears throat> no, God works in wonderful ways. Sometimes instantaneously, sometimes. We release the healing flow and it begins to work you know it begins to work don't ever leave the service and think oh it didn't change instantly maybe god doesn't want to heal me he set the healing in motion there is the gift of miracles which happens instantaneously but there's also the gift of healing which is often a process that can be very quick or it can be released and working in it's like all of you people that came forward uh, that were feeling a that there's an element of oppression in your life, we've released something that's going to be working in your mind. It's like we've released divine medicine. And you know you take your medicine and you've you got to give it time, haven't you? I mean, can you imagine taking a spoonful of that medicine if you've got flu or something and you go, doesn't work? You'd be crazy, wouldn't you? God's Word is medicine. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs, God's Word is medicine. And uh, the anointing brings healing into our lives. And we thank God for natural medicine and natural doctors. We use those. And we thank God for the great physician and the spiritual gifts of the Spirit that also bring healings. We're just going to make sure everybody's been prayed for here. Um, And while we're doing that, I'm going to just deliver a word to you. Malachi says in Malachi 4.4, Remember the law of Moses, my servant which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. If you have got your Bibles open, We're going to go to Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3 and verse 2, Luke 3 and verse 2. While Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. And he went in all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Now, as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire." And with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. The last book in the New Testament, in the order that we have it, Malachi says that he's going to send Elijah. God is going to send Elijah before the great day of the Lord as a preparation. We know that this Elijah anointing fell upon John the Baptist. Jesus himself said that John the Baptist was the Elijah figure that had prophesied. And John the Baptist and his ministry and his calling was all about preparing for the coming of the Lord. It's quite strange when you think about it. Why would, why would, why would God do that? Why, why would you need someone to prepare the way for the Lord? I mean, couldn't Jesus, just of like when his time was right, just have gone to the synagogue and read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor? Couldn't he have just gone into the desert to deal with the enemy and the tests of the enemy and then gone into his ministry? Isn't it interesting that God sends someone to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord? It's God's way. Now, of course, in one way, Jesus being the king... Somebody should prepare the way. You know, when the queen or a royal figure has got an engagement, uh, they send people to prepare the way. She doesn't just turn up. People prepare the people, prepare the situation. They prepare the way for the coming of the monarch. And so in that way, John the Baptist was there to prepare the people. But what if he hadn't prepared the people? what if he'd never been there? What if Jesus just turned up? Well, I think we should do John a good service and not just say, well, it would have, Jesus' ministry would have just as gone on as normal. John said, you know what, I'm like a light, the lamp, or the light, sorry, I'm like a lamp, John said, or a torch. And the light that's coming into the world, well, he's coming, but I'm just a witness and a, a torch, a light to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And so John's work was very precious. Because it prepared the people to receive the ministry of Christ. I believe, well, I can't prove it, but I believe that if John hadn't done that work, the hearts of the people would not have been as ready to receive Jesus as they were. And John had such a powerful ministry, didn't he? I mean, Jesus said, no one, no one is greater than John from the Old Testament, the prophets. John the Baptist was the greatest prophet, do you know that? I mean, there's been some mighty prophets in the Old Testament, but none greater than John. Maybe he's equal, but none greater than John. The impact of his ministry, historically, was absolutely huge. Because he prepared the way and said things like, I must decrease, he must increase, we tend to sometimes forget what a powerful ministry this John the Baptist with the spirit of Elijah had. Because it was totally, rightfully, and utterly eclipsed by the Lord and King that he was preparing for. But he did have an absolutely incredible ministry. I mean, we just read he was so powerful in his preaching and ministry and baptizing that it says that they were expectant in Luke 3, verse 15. Now, as the people were in expectation and reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not. So that's a pretty big work, wasn't it? And he was preparing the way. Now, we believe that God wants to do a new thing in our lives, don't we? A new move in our lives, something new. And we're preparing our lives. And we are, the move is already happening, but at the same time, some of the things that we're doing is preparing our hearts for it, aren't we? I mean, with that prophetic picture I had last week that I repeated about the sailboats in the shallows of the harbor, and that a new wind was blowing, and that we had to set our sails of expectation and faith. And if we do that, the Holy Spirit will carry us. We don't know where or how but we know He'll take us out of the shallow, relative safety of the harbor, of what we're used to, of what we're comfortable with in God, and He's going to take us out into the deeps. That's like a prophetic. What is that? Well, that is a, it's like John the Baptist, trying to prepare us for a fresh move of the Lord. A fresh revival. A revival is the coming of Jesus by His Spirit in a fresh, new way into people's lives. It's the Holy Spirit bringing Jesus in an altogether new and fresh way, manifesting Christ in our lives. So the John the Baptist is important for us tonight because what he is ministering still has relevance to us prophetically today... Because if you're looking for a new move of Jesus in your life, and it's already coming, and it's already doing it, we want to get our sails up. We want to be prepared, don't we? you hear what I'm saying? We want to yield to the new move of God. We don't want to miss it. And so what are the lessons that John the Baptist teaches us? The principles of preparing For a new move of Christ in our lives, a new fresh coming of the Holy Spirit into our lives. You hear where I'm going tonight? You hear what I'm talking about? What adjustments do we have to make in the sails of our lives so that we catch the full wind that's coming? Because I can tell you something, if we just continue to do what we've always continued to do, then we will simply experience no more than we've always experienced. But if we want to experience something new, if we want to go deeper with God, then certain things are going to have to change in order to cooperate with the new wind that's blowing. We're going to have to, like you do a sailboat, you're going to have to change tack. We're going to have to change the tack of our lives. Is that the right word, tack? Huh? When you change, the wind blows and then you have to change direction. Pardon? You have to change your sail in order to catch, when the wind blows in another way and you're in a sailboat, you have to change. And so this is a divine adjustments. Part of the move itself is divine adjustments in our lives. We cannot remain the same. It's unthinkable to remain the same. It's unthinkable to stay in that harbor and not move into the deeps. It's unthinkable because God's not going to stay in that harbor He's off. He's off into the deep. We can go with him or we can stay. Now, John the Baptist came to prepare the people's hearts. I mean, what was he doing? He was speaking about their hearts. He was baptizing them, but they were baptized because something had happened in their hearts. If John didn't think something had happened in your heart, do you know what he called you? Viper. Viper. So this wasn't just about going through a ritual, a popular ritual with John. He wasn't having any of it. So where he saw heart change, adjustment, he baptized. But when he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were coming along trying to get in on the move, you know, (coughs) sometimes when God does something new, people want to get in in on it for the wrong reasons. They want to get in on it because they think, oh, something new's happening. Oh, I better be part of this. I want, I want to be part of the new thing. And, and the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to be part of the new thing. And John said to them, no, you brood of vipers, what are you doing here? You haven't adjusted your hearts. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not preparing yourself for the Lord. I think being a prophet, he knew what they would end up doing to Jesus. And so he, didn't, he refused to baptize them because there was no adjustment. He could see that there was no preparation or adjustment for the coming of the Lord. And his prophecy, as it's written, the words of Isaiah the prophet in verse four, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. In other words, John was preaching what nobody else was. He was speaking a message that was new, that was fresh. It wasn't the same old stuff that people had heard. And he was crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And then those verses are speaking about adjustments. It's a preparation for Jesus to come. Whenever I read this, you know, I always think of like a landing strip. I always think about somebody creating some sort of airport runway. And, you know, there's a a wonderful airplane that's coming with somebody very important, but there's, there's no airport or, or runway big enough for the airplane, and so you have to make the path straight. You have to fill in the valleys. You have to bring down the mountains. You have to stop the crooked places and make the rough ways smooth so that when you finish, you've done this lovely runway, and then the person can, can arrive. And here, when he's talking about paths straight and valleys filled and mountains brought low, what is he talking about? He's not talking about anything physical. John is talking about the issues of our heart. Issues of our heart. There are wilderness hearts that God wants to bring change to. Wilderness hearts. I love some of the prophecies in Isaiah that that talk about God coming and turning the wilderness and desert into a pool and, the pic- and, and making an oasis where there is dry desert. Revival has always been a picture of God coming into a desert region and bringing life and rain and growth and abundance and harvey- harvest. Revival or a move of revival, or a move of God, whatever you want to call it, doesn't really matter as long as God's in it, brings a change to your, the environment of your life, change to your environment. A move of God is not a move of God if nobody changes. And so when John speaks to us, he's talking about the wilderness areas of our lives. It may be here tonight that as yet you haven't even given your life to the Lord. You'll have an opportunity before the evening's through you not yet given your life to the Lord. My friend, your life is a wilderness, a wilderness of sin, brokenness. But if you give your life to Jesus tonight, then God will start to transform the barrenness and wilderness of a lost heart. He'll begin to heal and transform into a heart of a loved child, a loved son, a loved daughter. So voice cries to the wilderness areas of our lives. And maybe in some areas of your life, there's a blessing. I hope so. There's an abundance. But there could be some areas. Those that we prayed for earlier, it wasn't by accident. Those that were feeling oppressed and depressed. Perhaps in some areas of your life, there's, there's a wilderness area that God wants to heal. God doesn't just want to heal part of you. He wants to make you whole. When he went to that man that was, was lame, he said, Do you want me to make you partly whole? No. Do you want me to do a little bit of a job on you? Do you want me to give you a little bit? Do you want me to do a bit? He said, will you be made whole from top to bottom? God's work in our lives while we're still on earth, the short while we're on earth, God's work is to make us fully whole and useful for his kingdom. We don't have to tolerate the things that we tolerate we don't have to look at the wilderness bits of our life and say, well, that's never changed. That, will ne- that, that has never changed. That will never change. You know, sometimes we tolerate the wilderness areas in our life too much. God can change us from top to bottom. So prepare the way of the Lord. And that's what we're doing. We're seeking the Lord in these days more, aren't we? I mean, like as senior minister said, this coming move is not so much about what God does for us, but what we do for God in the sense of seeking Him, blessing Him. And so, prepare the way of the Lord. God is looking for us to make adjustments and changes and to seek Him in a different way as the Spirit leads us. And to make His path straight. What does that mean? It means it's time to stop the crooked bits of our lives. You know what I'm saying, talking about? It's time to put things in order. Now, this will be a work of the Holy Spirit, and He's already at work in our lives doing that. What I'm saying is, let's recognize and cooperate. It's time to make his paths straight. You know, sometimes we can walk crooked with the Lord. You say, Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, we're all over the place. We're going this way and turning and this way. And, and, and the, the, the work of the enemy takes us off course or sin takes us off course. And we're sort of on a journey, but it's a very crooked journey. I'm not saying we're not moving forward. But, you know, the Romans understood the quickest point from point A to point B was what? A straight line. And it's amazing when you see Roman roads. I'm from the north of England and when, when, when you're up in the north of England, especially up around um, Durham, Hadrian's Wall, and, and areas like that, you know when you're on a Roman road. You can tell because the Roman road stayed, and they just built over it over the centuries. And suddenly you hit something, and you know what? It's as straight as a die. And it doesn't flip. It's straight. It is a straight Roman road. And the Romans built fantastic roads up and down the country. And those roads were paved because it meant that wherever the enemy was, or whatever they had to do, they could get on that road, and they would be there fast. Whereas, when you look at the Anglo, uh, when you look at the Saxon roads, again, from where I'm from, just a bit down in Yorkshire, we have lots of Saxon roads. Now, Saxon roads are just crazy. I mean, Saxon roads are up hills round, and all this lot. And You ever been, you ever been out there in the countryside, and you're in a car, And you go on those twisty roads, and and you're thinking, oh, I I just hope there's nothing around that corner. And you're thinking, why are we doing all this? And, like, to get a couple of miles, you have to do a couple miles more because of these twisty, crazy Saxon roads. Well, God doesn't want us to have Saxon roads in our lives. In other words, He doesn't want us to be continually diverting. You know, going this way, we're going straight for a while, but then we get blown off course. We're going this way and we're going that. God wants us to straighten up. God wants us to make our path with Him straight. And I know by the Spirit that that God is with us all, but some of you can relate to this. You said, you know, I do all right for a while. I'm going straight. I'm doing it right. I'm going straight with the Lord in my walk. But then you know what, I get off course, I take a diversion, and then I find that by the time I get out of that diversion that's not God's best, and I come back to the straight path, I realize that I've traveled miles in the diversion, but I've only gone a few inches when I've come back to the highway of the Lord. Do you know what, the Lord's got a highway for us, and thank God it's not the M25, It is a highway of holiness, and that highway is a safe place to be. It's a place that will take you there. God is working in our lives. For some of us, it's time to walk straight with the Lord. And you go out of this meeting, and it might just be, this might be all you'll get tonight. God spoke to me, and he says, make my path straight. You know who you are. Every valley shall be filled, every ravine. We know that the Bible, and it speaks about valleys and ravines, well, we know what that's talking about. It's talking about depressed things, isn't it? You know, God says, when you're in the valley, I'll be with you. The valleys and the ravines. But I'm not talking to tonight about the valleys of, that we go through that have got nothing to do with us, you know, the tests or trials. You go through a valley, you come out the other side. I'm talking about the valleys that need to be filled with God in our lives. I'm talking about the empty bits in our lives. The things that need filling in our lives, and we're filling them with all the wrong things. You know what I'm talking about? Those needs that we have, those desires that we have, and, and those those holes in our lives, those needs, and we fill them with the wrong things. God in these days, as we wait on Him, He's gonna start filling in the ravines, the, the depressed places. The down places, the low places that keep us down, that keep us depressed, that keep us away from where God's going to be working and cooperating. And it could be that you say, well, I know I've, I've got a few low places in my life. Well, maybe God's word to you is "It's time for those to be filled. To fill it with God's word, God's faith, and God's spirit. God doesn't want you living in a valley. He wants... To bring you back on the highway. And every mountain and hill be brought low. Mountains and hills are often seen as oppositions. But these could be the mountains or hills in your life that really need to be smashed once and for all. Could be areas of pride or or areas in our life that we refuse to submit to the Lord. Areas that need these mountains in our lives that have risen up against the Lord. These mountains in our life of disobedience, perhaps, unbelief, bitterness, it could could be anything the Lord could show you, but there's a mountain, and God is saying, prepare the way of the Lord. We've got to bring these mountains down in our lives. We've got to bring them down, The, the wrong attitudes, selfish attitudes or pride. I don't know, I'm just throwing things out. God will show you if this is you. Things that need to anger, I don't know. I don't know. But what are the mountains that God the Holy Spirit is going to show you that you're going to have to pulverize? You're going to have to take these mountains, and we're going to have to humble ourselves, and we're going to have to smash them. We can't tolerate them anymore because they're blocking the way of the Lord. Just like the crooked paths is blocking the way of the Lord. So the valleys are blocking the way of the Lord. So the hills are blocking the way. The crooked places shall be made straight. I've already spoken about that. And the rough ways made smooth. God wants you smooth. Smooth in the spirit. What do you mean? Well, someone who's rough, the rough ways are very difficult to travel. It's rough. It's very hard. You ever been on a road that's not properly paved? Of course you have. You live in London. (laughs) Potholes and... You go in these roads and it's like, and it's hard because it's not properly paved. But you go on like a new highway that's uh, really smooth and it just feels so good. feels so good to drive is lovely on a smooth highway. Well, in our lives, it's time to smooth the rough edges. And this reminds me of like, it's one of the Psalms or Proverbs that says, don't be like a stubborn mule. Don't be like a stubborn mule that won't move left or right unless you give it a good kick or you really have to, you know, give it a good to it. Don't be like that. I've, I've used this an uh, illustration before, and I think I'll end on it, of, of how when I was learning to horse ride, I was taken out on this big horse, and it was great fun. And it was like, I was out there with my son, and our teacher was a nine-year-old girl. She knew everything about about horses. There was snow, she was brilliant at it. And then we got to this little tunnel that we were going under, under a railway, and my horse would not move. And nothing I could do would get it moved. And she was telling me, this nine-year-old, keep kicking it. I said, what do you think I'm trying to do? (laughs) And keep kicking it, I'm trying to. She said, no, harder. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. You don't Kicking horses, hard. And then she got off her horse, which was very humbling for me. Got off her horse and said, let me have a go. I thought, nine-year-old girl with her little pink Wellingtons with stars on. Jumps up on this massive horse (laughs) and starts flapping her heels into this horse. It was quite funny. Um, And the horse eventually, I don't think the horse felt anything. And the horse eventually moved. And then she said, I'll tell you what, you ride my horse. And so I got on the horse and and everything. And God is saying, don't be rough. Don't be like that rough horse. Do you know, sometimes God has to do it with us. Sometimes God has got to get on on us like that horse. and, And he will do it. He will do it. i tell you what, the chastening of the Lord. God doesn't mind spanking his kids if it's going to save them in the long run. Has anybody ever been spanked by the Lord? Well some of you have got, some of you you, you, you must be too holy. I tell you, if you've been chastised by the Lord, I don't know if you have, I have. man, he's tough. Man, he will chastise you. He will chastise you, and when you get through it, you go, "I' never do that again." But then you also end up saying, "But thank you, Lord." because if you hadn't, I'd be in a mess forever. Well, you don't want to be like that horse although sometimes we are, you want to be like, and I've used this illustration before, you want to be like those horses of the British cavalry that lancers ride, with their big lancers. And I remember going to Earl's Court once to see all the cavalry in a cavalry show. And it was amazing because they were riding these thoroughbreds and they had like flags in, the, in their hand or lances in their hand and they had no reins. And yet these horses were doing it. No reins, And so I said to my friend who was a captain in the Blues and Royals, he got me the tickets. I said, how did they do that? How, how, how can they steer the horse without reins? I mean, I can hardly steer any horse. I have, to kick, I have to get a nine-year-old to steer the horse for me. How do they do that? And he said, the horses are so well-attuned and trained that just a little pressure with their heel or a little pressure with their knee, and immediately the horse responds Those horses are smooth to the touch of their riders. God wants us to be like that. Let's not be stubborn mules anymore. Maybe there's some stubborn mules in the I'm not a stubborn mule. Yes, you are. You just showed you were. And then verse 6, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. These are just thoughts, spiritual thoughts and seeds to be planted in your heart. Maybe all of them mean something to you. Maybe just one thing that I've said today just clicks. And that could be the adjustment that will cause the move of God to move in your life. Let's bow our heads in prayer. But maybe may be someone here, as I said earlier, you need to make an adjustment. And you need to give your life to the Lord. You need to stand with Christ. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Can I have the worship team up because we're going to end with a song in a few minutes? Believe, all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and confess with your mouth and you will be saved. Salvation is a gift. You have to receive it, but it's free. And if you want your sins forgiven tonight and know once and for all that your sins are forgiven, There's an opportunity for you. We can pray for you right now, and you can leave this place knowing your sins are forgiven. With every head bowed, is there anyone here that says, I want to go out knowing for sure that my sins are forgiven? I believe that Jesus died for my sins, and that if I believe he died and rose again, my sins are forgiven. I'm ready to pray that prayer. Lift your hand right now, right where you are. Yes, upstairs as well. Lift your hand so I can see. Yes, sir. Over there, young lad. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just lift your hand. One more time for asking. This is your moment. Don't let it pass. Don't walk out there in your sins when you can walk out there saved. Anybody else? Lift your hand last time. Father, we pray for those that have responded tonight and made a major adjustment in their lives. It's the first day. Of their new beginning with you. We thank you that their sins are forgiven them. We thank you that you are with them, and that you will be with them from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to stand together. We're going to end. If you want to go, that's fine, but we're going to end with a good, strong celebration song. Those of you that lifted your hand, someone's there to meet you. We've got a present we'd like to give you. Uh, Nothing strange, just a little present, and then we'll send you on your way. Let's all stand together. Let's go out praising the Lord. Sing, sing, sing.